My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. And while you're pulling it up, I can start giving the background on it because I have it up on my computer. So uh, anyway, there's a four-page summary uh, that's put out by the EAC about um, it's, it's entitled uh, United States Election Assistance Commission Report of Investigation, Dominion Voting Systems, D-Suite 5.5B, Williamson County, Tennessee, March 31st, 2022. Um, so this was the way they want us to do um, a standard uh, procedure. So the background is that on uh, October, in, in October uh, 26th, there was an election there there was some very bad misbehavior of the uh, equipment that was found only because a poll worker was keeping a tally on a post-it note apparently of the number of ballots put into a machine and they noticed that the machine when they went at the end of the day that or, or close it they noticed that the um, the ballot count on the machine didn't match what they put into the machine it was missing many ballots that they know went into the machine so they raised the alarm, and there was uh, some checking that went on, and they discovered that a large number of machines, uh, like seven out of 18 or something like that, had this same problem, where there was a large number of ballots that weren't reported out when they closed the polls uh, as having gone through that tabulator, and yet they had gone through the tabulator. So the EAC was called. Uh, first, the state-ran investigation report, uh, repeated the problem, and then uh, the, the EAC was called in, and so the EAC called for a formal investigation, and they brought in to run tests the two certified entities, ProVNV and SLI compliance, and uh, that's on uh, one of the pages. Let's go down uh, page two, page three, maybe. Uh, Which, by the way, is a huge conflict of interest. Huge, right. huge right. conflict of interest. Again, because who's paying these people? Yeah, so under... You <laughs> paid them, and, and they certified it. So they're complicit. If there's anything wrong with this machine, they're complicit in it. Right. There's a bit of a problem here. You need some independent analysis going on. But this is what they do. This is the official process. So the EAC comes in. The analysis was performed by both EAC-accredited voting system test te laboratories uh, personnel, ProVNV, SLI compliance. Uh, they were all there. Okay, involved in it as well as the voting machine company in the testing, and they were able to repeat uh, the problems. Okay, during their testing, so that was all great. They they could repeat it. They saw the same uh, sort of behavior that was very bizarre behavior, where you put ballots in, and a bunch of them just 
get rejected and don't get counted. And so then let's go down to the formal, to the conclusions, conclusion of the formal investigation. Um, and so here's my problem. Very first, this, this whole conclusion section, I, I want people to read it. You can get this out on the web. Um, you're going to post it, right, um, oh, yeah. uh, Apollo? So you can read this. I want you to read it and just use, this is not that complicated, and use your logical reasoning capability. But the very first sentence, the direct cause of the anomaly was inconclusive. So uh, this is the EAC saying it was inconclusive. So the EAC, the two uh, only certified, the only two certified testing companies say they couldn't figure out what, why, what the anomaly was, what, what the cause of the anomaly was, okay? So right there's a problem. Stop, what do you do? Well, what you do is you go get some independent experts or your own team and you dig deeper until you find out the cause of the anomaly. You don't just say, we couldn't find it, so we asked Dominion to look at it. And that's what they did. On February 11, 2022, Dominion submitted, uh, submitted a root cause analysis to the AC. And they go on to give their summary here, if you can scroll up just slightly there, Paul, so I can read that better. Um, yeah. Um, so th I have a problem here. So they give it to Dominion and say, you figure out the root cause, not our job. Well, of course it's <laughs> their job to figure it out and not the voting machine company. How can you have the voting machine company figure out if they have a problem with their system or not? There's a huge conflict of interest there. If there's some bizarre behavior like this, you better get some experts from the outside or your organization to come in and figure it out, not the voting machine company. Okay, but that's what they did. So uh, just read it. I mean, it says the report indicates that erroneous code is present in the AC certified D Suite 5.5B and D Suite 5.5C systems. The RCA report states that when the anomaly occurs, it's due to a misread of the QR code. Hmm. Let me. Jeff, I want to, I just got it. That first sentence is so important. There's, or the second sentence, the first sentence you just read. There's two insanely huge uh, words that you need to pick up in there. First is erroneous code. All right. Erroneous code is the first one, but then the second one immediately following it is EAC certified. Yeah. So does the certification <laughs> mean anything? Yeah. How do you reconcile that? Nothing. Yeah. How do yeah. you get past that when you tell us the EAC inspects these machines, the EAC certifies them, and then in the very same sentence you're saying there's erroneous code that causes this major malfunction, like you said earlier, Jeff, that is only caught because somebody was taking uh, a tally on a post-it note. Exactly. Um, that. Thanks for highlighting that. Um, that's why uh, that, this stuff should have been caught in testing. This is testing 101. So uh, if the erroneous code is there, if the, the certification authorities had done their job, you've got three different laboratories involved, the AC lab, you've got the, the two subcontractors, uh, Pro V&V and SLI compliance, they should have found this, okay? Uh, but, the, but the description of it, it gets very bizarre here, okay? It says, it's due to a misread of the QR code. Stop right there. A misread of the QR code. Uh, that's erroneous code. I, I mean, how do you misread a, a QR code? QR codes, my understanding, has built-in error detection and correction. <laughs> uh, like they're very, very hard to misread. So 
how, uh, this report and their fix for it says nothing about determining why the misread occurred, and they fixed the misread. There's nothing in here about fixing the misread or even figuring out why it misread. They just said it misread. That's a root cause. It misread. I I mean, this is... This is unacceptable, just totally unacceptable to do to do this as a root cause analysis. Well, it misread it, okay? One of the questions I have here is they are claiming the scanner misread it. Well, how do you know the ICX didn't misprint it? I don't think they determined that. I mean, they don't, it they may, don't mention it. it. It might not be the ICP that misread it. It might be the ICX that printed a bad QR code. And they don't say anything about looking at the ICX here at all, the ballot marking device, which is used all across Georgia for the standard voter that goes in, right? They use an ICX. Louisiana uses it. Other states use it. Uh, Obviously, Tennessee uses it. So it could be that the ICX has a problem. Plus, they put out a report on the ICX and the vulnerabilities of it. Also in 2022, we looked at that last time, that said it had a whole bunch of vulnerabilities. Hmm. Here's something where there's a QR code that's not being properly read, came off an ICX. They put out a report saying, by the way, the ICX has a bunch of uh, open vulnerabilities that could possibly be exploited. This is starting to look to me like an exploit and not just something in the code that's wrong, all right, in my opinion. Um, it certainly could be that, and they didn't talk at all here about the ICX and whether or not it misprinted the QR code. So um, that's a problem that I have right there. But it gets worse, okay? It gets worse. So uh, then it says, okay, if the QR code misread, and by the way, we know the QR code misread because they talk in the report about the fact that the log file records a QR code misread. Every time the anomaly occurred, there was a QR code misread, but there wasn't the anomaly every time the QR misread occurred. So it it went one way and not the other way. Every time there was an anomaly in the log file, there was a QR code misread. Every time there was a QR code misread, the anomaly didn't necessarily show itself, okay? So that's bizarre in itself, that sometimes it triggered it, sometimes it didn't trigger it. They don't explain that at all, all right? All right, hey, real quick, before you go on, what would that indicate to you? You can go ahead and ask a question, Kinkon. Well, I, well let, me, let me ask one question before that, because there's another stipulation to what they say in this statement, and it's not just the QR signature mismatch. There's another, there's another error that flashes up, and it's ballot ID unrecognizable. Right. So it, 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 when you, com- when you combine, combine the two, the QR signature mismatch and the ballot ID unrecognizable, does that change the output? Does it, does it then uh, you know, kind of shore up what the statement you just made, where if those two occur together, do you get the anomaly? And I will remind everyone, before we go on, that as we fight to take back our country and as we are all preparing for the future that lies ahead of us, how important it is for you to protect your family and prepare yourself to be able to do so. We're blessed to have a relationship with DCF Guns here in Colorado. They have three locations, one in Castle Rock and two down in Colorado Springs, Uh, but they have a ton of inventory. It's one of the things I love about DCF. They consistently have more inventory than anywhere else that I've I've seen. If you need a handgun for concealed carry, if you need something to protect your home, go to DCF Guns at any of their locations. Uh, if you go to dcfguns.co, uh, which is what you're looking at right now, 
you can go straight to their online store and you can check out the things that they do currently have in stock right now make sure that you get something that's appropriate and most importantly make sure that you get some training you can do that at dcf guns they offer some great training by some really really phenomenal instructors so go get something that's going to work for you that's going to allow you to be prepared get ammo magazines whatever you need they have safes and most importantly get training get familiar with the weapon that uh, you choose and make sure that you and your family are protected. So that's DCF Guns in Castle Rock and in Colorado Springs. They have two locations there. Go to dcfguns.co to go straight to their online store. Um, uh, I I don't know because I don't have the details, uh, the gory details of what you know they really put out here. So we'd have to dig in further. But it it certainly warrant, warrants getting experts independent experts who really know something about this stuff to dig in and, and figure it out and, and get access to the actual forensic images and and go through and and do the testing and get to the bottom of you know what causes this what actual things is it is it a misprint on the ICX is it a misread on the ICP we need to know what it is but just in their wording here in their explanation on this RCA it gets very bizarre so it says if the QR code misread affects a certain part of the QR code, the ICP scanner mistakenly interprets a bit in the code that marks the ballot as provisional. Now, put your thinking cap on for a second. They just had a QR code misread. They know they had the misread because they say it's in the log file. So, so the software knows it misread a QR code. Why would it do anything with that QR code if it knows it misread it? It would do absolutely nothing. It would not look at any other bits. It would not set anything. It would do absolutely nothing with it. And if you did, you would fire that software company, okay? Because you had a QR code misread. If you misread it, it's unusable, right? Mm -hmm. It's unusable. You, you can't, and they know they misread it because they said they misread it in, in the log file. So you, you shouldn't be doing anything with it. And yet they go on and say, oh, we then misinterpret a bit within this misread QR code. That's totally bizarre that they would do anything with it. And then it gets even worse. Is, oh, because of this misread bit, we set the provisional ballot bit. And that makes that one be rejected. Okay. So let's say that's true. It gets rejected. And then they say, oh, by the way, the reason everyone after is rejected is we, we didn't clear the provisional bid for each vote, voting session, for, so each ballot. Now, this is where I have to say time out <laughs> again, and that is, I mentioned last time, you know, up in Antrim when they didn't do the version numbers, so they had a version on the tabulator and a version on the EMS, and they weren't, they didn't match, and so they misread them and threw all the votes away or threw thousands of votes away. Mm -hmm. You would never do that. That's, that's like freshman programming 101 class, okay, it's in the freshman, the first semester of programming, or the first year you'd learn that, you have to match the versions up. What they're claiming right here is what you learn in the first week, the first week of the freshman class, okay? If you're going to, if you're going to create a variable, you clear the variable. At the beginning of each of the, of the loops that it's in, you clear the variable, okay? So they're saying we set this thing and oh, oh we forgot to clear it. Uh, uh, what? I mean, 
you, you, you don't create a variable without initializing the variable and clearing it and clearing it in your loops. And so they're claiming that we just forgot to clear it. Now, it gets worse because their fix for this anomaly is we, we now clear the bit each time around the loop. So they never figured out what was going on with the QR code. They never figured out how in the world they, you know, set a bit, um, you know, provisional bit with a misread QR code. And now the fix is, oh, we're just going to clear it each time around the loop. And then if you read on the EAC, they put in a change order for this, and the EAC stamps the two change orders and says, good to go. Your machines are recertified because you cleared the bit. And before we go on, we have a new sponsor of the show. That is American Hartford Gold. If you're like us here at Conservative Daily, you are growing more and more, and you are concerned about the future. And how could you not be? Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the BBB and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 855-965-5545. That's 855-965-5545 or text the word FREEDOM to 998899. Again, that's 855-965-5545, or text FREEDOM to 998899. And so right here, I want to read this. I want to read this. My mind is exploding. My mind is exploding. No, the whole, it's completely ridiculous. They literally, this is, this is the EAC report. This is, and just to recap, when uh, you brought up these versions and how they said these are certified, literally says, based on the investigation, uh, it's reasonable to conclude the anomaly is related to these versions of the system. Then they name the same systems which they say are certified and say that they found erroneous code. They say they had the issue with the flag, as Jeff just described, and then Dominion submitted engineering change orders for the ICP software. In these versions, modified code was submitted that resets the flag. End of story. Right? Yep. That's all they did. We reset the flag. We asked the EAC to approve that as the fix for this anomaly. We're done. We recertified the machines. They're good to go. My my biggest discrepancy, Apollo, read the first line of the, the formal conclusions. <laughs> Great. The, read that first line. The direct cause of the anomaly was inconclusive. So they've already, okay. everything I just described, and then we don't know. Now read the, now read the first line of the last paragraph. <laughs> the, anal- <laughs> the analysis and testing of the engineering change orders has demonstrated that the anomaly was successfully fixed. Now, if you bring your car to a mechanic and it's not, it's not <laughs> running right at all, it's not running right at all, and the mechanic looks at it and says, well, I don't know what the hell's wrong with it, but we fixed it. Are you no, not only that, that not only that, it's not even like we brought it to you, but, you know, we, we drove it around, we turned it on, we plugged the computer in, uh, we unhooked the battery, and then it was fixed. They literally said, hey, you brought your car in, it wasn't working right, 
We did some work, which we charged you for, uh, but we don't know what it was, but it's fixed. Yeah. 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 And Inconclusive, but we fixed it. Yeah. Well, in here, they, they actually tell you what their fix was, which is they cleared the flag, which <laughs> would have been cleared by any freshman student, you know, in, when they learned how to program the well, first but again week of that's class. like you go to a car, you go to an, a thing and they say hey so your your car was throwing codes because you brought it in it wasn't working it was throwing codes so we just went into your ECU and we just told it not to throw the codes yeah. and it's fixed yeah you're welcome yeah so this is the reason why the reason I brought this whole thing up is that this is why we have to unfortunately I, this is not what I want to be doing but we have to have independent election investigators who do understand uh, in enough detail and can figure this stuff out. And we'll get to the bottom of these things because what we've got now, that's unacceptable. I mean, that is, that's their process. And they did this when there was high scrutiny on everybody and they want to, us to believe that they found and fixed that problem. And they have no idea from what they wrote there. I would say they have no idea what the problem was and or they know exactly what the problem was and, and, and they or yeah and and they uh, you know this is my my head is exploding over this as a technical guy and it's not that hard to understand you read it it's just, it's a couple paragraphs there there's just not uh, a lot to understand there that they just set a bit and said that fixed it um, when they didn't demonstrate at all that that would fix it so just because they ran some tests and it didn't show the problem isn't a fix. I mean, they ran some tabulators on election night that didn't show the problem. Oh, it was fixed on those tabulators on election night. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's essentially what they're saying. We couldn't, re we didn't reproduce the problem, so we fixed it by just resetting the bit. Well, so from your black hat, you know, perspective, I know that we haven't been able to give the code because they won't give it to us. Yeah. But I can interpret this in in my you know tech p brain. Uh, as one of two things, right? Either one, they don't actually know. They said, okay, don't give the issue. We fixed it. Mm -hmm. Or two, they know exactly what, someone knows exactly what the issue is. They told it not to show an issue, and they didn't actually fix the issue because it's meant to be there. Both possibilities are true. Abs is that possible? A absolutely. In fact, I would say from the behavior in Tennessee, I'm wondering if someone hacked the system. And the fact that they came out with that ICX bulletin saying the ICX is vulnerable after that, that that the conclusion might be that someone actually hacked uh, into that election and, and, and modified it. Because, you know, the other thing they didn't explain at all is why did this only happen on 7 out of 18 of the tabulators? Why, why are only some of them exhibiting this behavior? They're all running the exact same code, certified code. Why would only 7 of the 18 do this? That has, to me, as a bad guy, that's the smack that smacks of someone doing it on purpose because I wouldn't manipulate every one of the tabulators. I would just do some some of them. Okay, I wouldn't do all exactly. of them. Well, I would do well, some you'd of them. You would have heavily skewed election results because you're talking about, I think I think when that, that poll watcher, I think we were talking like 39 is what they showed up on the tapes and there was like over 150 ballots yeah, that were scanned. Like you're, you're talking about a huge... Uh, gap in, 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 in ballots. And if that were to happen on 18 machines, your election results, you'd have like a 30% uh, turnout. Uh, unless, I mean, unless they're taking these ballots and, it, and that's the thing is we don't know what happens after this, this happened. You know, what was going on before? Because it, it's not like this happened just in one place. Um, 
what was going on with those ballots after? Do you get to go in and mass adjudicate them? Do you get to adjudicate them like 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 they showed earlier in the video we played? Yeah. Um, and, and there's other anomalies that there's other checks that could be in place for this, such as poll pads. You know, we have digital poll pads, ironically, that get, get left on overnight and, and have, you know, Wi-Fi access. So, you know, what kind of manipulation is being done to them? But if you have poll pads, you know how many people checked in. So if you if you know how many people checked in, you should know exactly how many ballots you have. But that doesn't seem to be the case. And we're not able to get those poll pad recap check-ins yeah. uh, through open records requests either. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. Brian, you're making a very good point there because they're, you know, the fact that these became provisional ballots, we saw in some other jurisdictions massive, like off-scale number of provisional ballots. And everybody's going, how in the world did we get that many provisional ballots? Well, we allow same-day registration, so that's why we had, you know, 23,000 people show up same-day registering so many provisional ballots. And I'm going, nah, I don't think so. So um, it could be this kind of thing occurred and now you get people to get to decide what to do with those ballots. Now, if they're honest people and they go through and count those and figure out, oh, these weren't provisional and we count them correctly, fine. But what if they're not? What if they're people that are, are um, doing level two cheating who want to take all those provisionals and throw certain ones out and keep certain ones? Um, it, it, it opens that possibility up uh, for that. So. Um, so, you know, at this point, this, this, this equipment, it, it seems to me the correct action for the AC is to decertify this. If they don't know why this massive problem occurred, this equipment should not be certified for the election. It should be decertified. And since they can't tell us whether it was the ICX that created it or the ICP for sure, just because they set a bit and clear the problem, you know, the result of the problem, the symptoms of the problem, doesn't you know, the whole misread QR code thing. Where's that coming from? Is, is the ICX misprinting it? If so, the ICX should be decertified. We, we need to get to the bottom of it. And they have a process for decertifying. But to just re rubber stamp this this way seems to me to be unacceptable, uh, in my opinion. It, 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 it makes no, you know, technical sense uh, what they're doing. And, and this highlights why you need the Doug Logans, the Jeff Lindberghs, and others who have spent a lot of our own time uh, and energy and money uh, trying to help figure out what's really happening with these machines. And as we see the continued assault on our privacy, on our freedoms, and the information war we find ourselves in, it's always important to protect your online activity. So if you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, or maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you, if you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using incognito mode will not solve the problem. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is 
offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners of Conservative Daily Podcast, and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you're getting nine months for free. On top of that, it's an awesome deal. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's running. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com forward slash daily. So uh, one question from a, a viewer, if you could just explain in a, you know, one or two sentences, what exactly from a layman, from people who don't, uh, you know, don't understand this at all, what does clearing the flag mean? Huh. Okay, literally, uh, a flag is a one or a zero. It's true or false, right? So is this ballot a provisional ballot? Zero, false, one, true. And whenever you set a flag, you have a flag like this, and you're running it in a process of any sort, the very sh- first thing you do is you initialize the flag to zero, to, or whatever state you want it in, true or false, you initialize it to the initial state. But then each time you go around the loop, you clear the flag. If you're using it each time around the loop, which clearly they were, you clear the flag each time around the loop. And so apparently they forgot to clear the flag. And like I said, this is the kind of thing, like in the first week of class, a programmer would learn to create a loop, create a variable, run around the loop, reinitialize the the variable each time around the loop. Um, This is the stuff you learn at the very beginning of a software programming class. And apparently, our secure voting machine company folks are not capable of doing that. So that's a problem. So, I mean, we talk about all this now. Yeah, and we we're a little over time, uh, but I mean, at this point, we have w- there's there's way too much evidence. We know that these people can't do their jobs, or they're doing their jobs wrong on purpose. We can't trust these systems. They're so unbelievably not transparent. They're built to ob- obfuscate everything. They're built with all these features that should not exist. The machines should not have all these functions in them in the first place. They're they're counting ballots. You have even, like, some of the redundancies that you mentioned, CanCon, and yet nothing seems to add up. Nothing about their story seems to add up. The EAC is biased and can't apparently do their job right. None of these voting systems can apparently do their job right. They can't, you know, version match, nothing. All these anomalies. Then you have all the continued anomalies from what's going on in uh, in the primaries that we've just had. We're very close to, uh, you know, to the elections coming up. And we talked about, I just want to bring this up. We, we talked about this on Wednesday, uh, Brian, but we talked about the, the, you know, footage that came out from the TCF Center. We showed time after time of postal workers coming in with their mail vans, dropping all this off. Michigan Secretary of State says, fact check, videos circulating online of the handling of absentee ballots in the 2020 election imply wrongdoing. And they say, nope, they don't. Uh, that the videos imply wrongdoing when there are legal explanations for what may be portrayed when a person is shown possibly bringing and signing more than one ballot to Dropbox they can legally be returning ballots for voters who are family members or members of their ho- household or voters who need disability are you, this we're so far past this at this point so here's my point we know these systems are screwed everything is screwed they will not do their job they will not give us any transparency and any issues they won't investigate they investigate the investigators and then they give us bogus excuses like this so we need to get rid of these machines we need a better system can can go ahead 
Dude, that was a stack like that. Like for them to say that that's their family or whatever, you're talking about you'd have to live in an orphanage of, right? of people. You'd have to have 50 people living in your house. That is such a bull crap statement from the Department of State. But no, 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 no worries because you know they're not the ones that are on the hook for any of this. I mean, Jocelyn Benson sent out uh, uh, absentee ballots to literally everybody. I mean, dogs and cats were getting absentee ballots. Um, Get out of here with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so just briefly, I know we're I'll over writing, time. I'll be writing on that in a second. <laughs> just briefly, uh, I know we're over time, but people want to know what, what can we do about it? What do we have to do about it? And so what I want to stress, uh, it's in general terms right now, but um, later on maybe more specific. But it, generally what we have to do is this architecture that we have for our current election system is not patchable. Okay? It's not fixable, in my opinion. It is too... It, it's got too many holes. It's, I call it Swiss cheese uh, all over the place. So um, it's way too complex and so on. So there's three principles that I think we need to apply in replacing it with what I'll call a securable election system. Not a secure one, but a securable one because we're going to rely on people to secure it and, and not machines, not computers. Right now we're relying on computers and, and the national folks to do it. Um, that certify things. And instead, we need to, first of all, decentralize control. So we need to push control over uh, our elections down to the county level, at least, certainly not the federal level, and this, not at the state level. We need to push it down to the county level, because then county people can be responsible for their own election. So that's number one, is decentralized control. Number two is we need to decouple processes. What we have right now where two, vending, uh, two voting machine companies cover 80% of the votes in the United States with a process that does everything from beginning to end, um, essentially. Uh, that is a huge vulnerability uh, where they create th the election, they create the ballots, they create the election files, they uh, you know, create the tabulators, they create the software for the tabulators and the EMS, and they... Re you know, they do the entire uh, sequence of things. We need to break that up and only use computers in very limited, very controlled circumstances and very decoupled. So, um, you know, I've talked about optical scanners. I think imaging without any counting of any kind, using off-the-shelf equipment, and very locked down, minimal configurations that can be verified over and over. And you could run the same stuff as long as the equipment kept running for 20 years. And it wouldn't be that expensive equipment either. Um, you could run this just with off-the-shelf high-speed optical scanners, that kind of thing, and, and off-the-shelf computers that get locked down. But you only do one task, and that one task is image. And then you get the images out to everybody immediately on election night. So everybody, the media, everybody gets the images. There's no going back and changing them. There's no updating. There's no substituting and so on uh, images. So. After that, you can do the OCRing and so on. But we need to create a securable system. We need to decouple all these processes. I don't want the image scanners to also be figuring out what the vote is, doing the OCR. I want it totally separate, okay? Separate companies and, and at a separate time and after the images have been released. So you don't even know what's on the images yet. Um, but everybody's got them. So everybody can check the, the results with their own OCR company or software. And then thirdly, we need complete transparency to be implemented, implement complete transparency. This nonsense about, gee, you know, did they get video of the machines while they were at the office? Who cares? I mean, 
there's online videos, training videos with the exact same equipment <laughs> showing uh, the equipment. Um, there's nothing secret about anything in the entire process except one point in time, and that is when the voter is filling out their ballot. We need to keep that secret for those few minutes, and when that ballot is separated from their voter, and you can't tell which voter voted which ballot, everything before that and everything uh, after that about the process uh, and everything should be totally transparent. Anybody running a high-speed scanner, 100% on video, you know, from 24-7, from, uh, those machines should be monitored by video so no one can, you know, touch those copier or those uh, uh, image scanners. That stuff should always be on video. And, and not just on video, not like the grainy video no. where you can't even tell... I mean, you can you could hardly identify some of those people, let alone what they're actually doing on the screens. No, high speed, uh, high high resolution imagery, and you could even put it up on webcams and so on, where anybody can look in anytime on any part of the process, uh, before the election, after the election, and see it. There's no reason um, any of that should be uh, kept secret at all. None at all. It should all be transparent. Um, of course, we have to clean up the, the voter rolls, and we have to get rid of mail-in ballots. I mean, we're just totally wide open by sending ballots to everybody under the sun and, and making – there's no chain of custody on ballots. I mean, anybody can make ballots. We wrote a report up in Antrim about us creating our own ballots for test purposes, and it's easy to do, and, and the machines love them. They don't have any problem with those ballots that you create yourself from a PDF, and the PDFs are not well controlled. So that's all got to stop. We have to have – very secure ballots, and that kind of technology exists to make paper ballots that are extremely secure. We can do that. We need to keep chain of custody over those ballots throughout the entire process, from the time they're created, from the time the image for them is created, to the time they're actually created, through the entire voting process. And we need to account for every ballot that was created um, at the end and know if they weren't used, they're accounted for. Um, and, and there are technologies to do that, very simply. We need to uh, fix our electronic poll book thing. That's total vulnerability, huge hole there. Um, we should get our voter rolls cleaned up. We should print them out ahead of time. And we should go ahead and use paper uh, at the polling locations and not put it online. Uh, you know, having it all online magically where you know who voted where when uh, is a huge hole, huge vulnerability for bad guys to go in and use that. There's no reason for us to be doing that. They say, well, it's because someone might vote at two locations and so on. Well, that's, that also should be eliminated where you can just go anywhere you want to vote. Um, that, that's kind of a crazy idea that makes it very vulnerable to do that. But um, as far as people voting two places, by the way, <laughs> look, you just have very high fines for that, and you will catch it because you have those records and you're going to scan those records later on, you're going to image them, and you're going to go ahead and actually put down who voted in, into a database. And you will be able to catch if someone went to two locations, showed their ID, signed their signature twice, um, the same person voted two different locations. We're going to know that. We're going to know that within a week or two after the election. And they should be prosecuted for doing that. And you do that one or two times and people won't do it anymore because they'll, they'll know they're going to be checked for that. And, and so to have electronic poll books to keep that from occurring when we've probably had a handful of cases is, is ridiculous. That's not a reason to have electronic poll books. We shouldn't have them. They're a huge vulnerability. So 
complete transparency. So that's my my three things. Okay. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. CanCon. Um, speaking of transparency, Jeff, are you at all familiar? We, we talked about the EAC Williamson report. And you mentioned the CISA uh, advisory that came out. Are you aware of the the existence of the Halderman report that 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 sparked that CISA advisory? I'm aware that it exists. Um, I believe it's been it's still undercover, isn't it? It is, but he's alluded to what's in it via uh, some of the briefs in Curling v. Raffensperger when the expert, the state's experts. Um, kind of rebutted it, and, and Halderman fought back against those in, in the brief. Uh, he's alluded kind of to what's in it, and it, it very much speaks, I believe, personally, my thought, is it very much speaks to what we're seeing with um, with the, the Williamson EAC thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> this stuff should be transparent. This should not be hidden, covered. Uh, you know, why is this under any kind of blackout? Um, there's no reason to hide that stuff. It should be out there. The only reason to hide it is so that people can say we have a safe and secure system when we're having problems and we should, uh, you know, acknowledge that we have problems and figure out what we're going to do to fix it. Because, guys, if we don't, our election system has to be free and fair. If it's not free and fair, then we will be ruled by tyrants, period. It, it's of critical uh, importance that we figure out how to get a securable election system. I really don't care which party, which person gets elected. What I care is that we elected those people, not someone else selecting who they want to be there. And this system is fraught with vulnerabilities that basically would allow anybody that has the resources, uh, the money, the time, the technical capability to subvert the system. That's it's Swiss cheese, my opinion. It is Swiss cheese. Understood. Swiss cheese is an, inter is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, we everyone needs to vote in person. No mail in votes. Do not use a mail in vote. Tell everybody that you know you have to go vote in person, same day. Anyone who's saying that you need to overwhelm early voting, sorry, no. Uh, and I mean, we need to get rid of these machines. The only thing that we can do, if we have these machines in the upcoming election, the only thing that we can possibly do is try to catch them in the, in the cheat or watch it happen. If we do not get rid of these machines, we will not have a free and fair election. So we have to show up. If for some reason this comes down and they're still being used and they refuse to let go, we need to either march in and say we're voting in paper. We talked about a case uh, earlier where they already have that in law that they can use them as emergency backups, the upcoming uh, election. Um, in, uh, I can't think anymore. Um, okay, well, it needs I can't to be counted at the local, yeah. it needs to be counted at the local precinct level as well and reported, uh, by the local precinct. You know, we don't need, yeah. we don't need this mass reporting, this Edison and any of that stuff anymore. Yeah. We can report it. Local precincts can report it up to the county and then from the county up to the state. And this can all be done, uh, you know, plain and simple. Yeah, and then yeah. there's, of course, my philosophy, my idea of separating federal and state elections. But we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Jeff, I want to thank you, CanCon. Thank you and, and bless you guys. Uh, so we're, we're over time, guys. Thanks for sticking around. Please share this episode. Okay. Uh, yes. And, uh, Paul, are you going to close us with a word of prayer? Yes, I am. Okay, great. Good deal. Father God, I want to thank you for the two men who are joined here on this call. 
and thank you for the viewers. I want to thank you for placing these two men with the character and the courage to do what they're doing and blessing them with the skills and the know-how and the experience, placing them here at this point in time where they are so that they can be the, the powerful, effectual voices that they have been, that they can continue to be instruments of your will to unveil to the American public the lies that we are that we are continually told to accept, that they are allowed to continue to use their gifts and their blessings to expose the corruption, to expose the cheats in these machines, to show the American people that we need open, transparent, free elections, that the system is rigged against us at every level, top to bottom, and that we need to take action. We need to stand in the gap as the lesser magistrates. We need to take the future of our nation into our hands by banding together, by standing with courage, by speaking out, by sharing this information, and by honoring the work that men like Jeff, that men like Brian are doing, and so many others all over this country, by taking that information and choosing to do something with it. Not just watching it, listening to it on a podcast, but by taking action, by getting involved in our community, by being willing to be eyes on the ground to see those who are trying to defraud us, and by voting both at the ballot box but also with the attention, with the energy and the money that we spend every single day to raise the awareness of the American people to what's going on and to end this fraud once and for all. We have so many blessings that you've given us and it is our responsibility to honor the work of so many who are working to expose this as well as to the future of those in this nation, both children and those not even born yet, the future of those who will suffer endlessly if we continue to allow these tyrants to reign over us, if we continue to allow this system to dominate our reality, to tell us what truth is, to dictate who leads us, to dictate the laws of this land, and to continue to get away with blatant and obvious criminality, deception, lies, theft, and frankly, the murder of innocence as this fraud has allowed such heinous agendas to, to run free in this country over the last few years. I pray that this message reaches everyone in this country. I pray that Jeff's words, that Jeff's insight, Jeff's investigation, his, his insight, as well as those who are working to expose what's going on in coffee, what's going on in Georgia, what's, what's going on all over this nation that they are empowered, that men like Brian continue to have their voice heard. I just ask that we can all realize the power of each one of us. These men are those who demonstrate that to us. It's time that we accept that responsibility as well. We make use of the power that we have. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Guys, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us on. It is always a pleasure. Absolutely. Brian, keep doing, you're doing great work over there, and uh, your writing is fire. Uh, so I look forward to having you on next week. Jeff, it's always a pleasure, and uh, you know, great, to, great to see you. It's been, it's been an honor. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. Everyone listening, honor these men and honor their work and share this, and make sure that you, uh, you take this into your heart and do some action with it. Don't just listen to the words and then feel like you're empowered because you've heard some more truth, because you have a greater understanding. If you do not use that understanding, it is worthless.
So, gentlemen, thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. All right, guys, that's it. Before we go, uh, Fax Blast today is an important one. It's on this topic. Is on Coffee County and these stolen elections. They refuse to reveal to us and the work that they refuse to do to give the American people justice and accountability. So you've heard last month uh, we published the uh, video of a Colorado election worker modifying election records from El Paso County's original count during the 2022 primary. It shows a worker who was later dismissed for what is reported to be obstructing the recount, modifying the original, signed batch labels to match the recount taking place. And it was ignored by the government here in Colorado, by the media, and by the Colorado Republican Party. I should say the Mockingbird media. Uh, But again, we now have uh, more video from January 7th, 21, that shows Coffee County Republican Chair Kathy Latham holding the door open for cyber experts Jeff Lemberg and Doug Logan. You just heard a lot about that. It shows the two men entering the Coffee County Elections Office, and as a result, they are playing full damage control. And now you know why, because you just heard exactly what happened and how important it is. Uh, so, again, it's no surprise that they're doing this, but modifying election records that were signed by election judges weeks before is a crime. That happened in Colorado. No one's being investigated for that. Hiring consultants and politely opening the door for them is not. And remember that Jeff told us that he did not actually touch the equipment. So why the unbalanced coverage? We know the answer is because they stole it. We know they stole it and they know and they can't let it they, they can't let the cat out of the bag. They cannot admit the fault because then their entire system crumbles. So the letter to Congress today, we know it was stolen, you know it was stolen. The cover up is always worse than the crime. The entire establishment has united once again around a propagandist narrative, this time that there was an election security breach in Coffee County, Georgia, based on a video that shows two men walking into a building. That's all the evidence. And it's bogus. This after the establishment ignored video released from El Paso County who showed a Colorado worker who was dismissed for obstructing the recount, modifying the original signed batch labels to match the recount taking place. This is the same establishment that debunked the video uh, shown in a Georgia Senate hearing that showed Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, mother-daughter team in Fulton County, faking a water line break, dismissing election judges, watchers, and the media, and pulling suitcases of ballots from under a table before running those ballots through the tabulator multiple times per batch. We the people are finished with the live-filled narrative about the 2020 election, never before has an overwhelming body of evidence such as this been ignored in such a coordinated fashion by law enforcement, government officials, and the media. Stop telling Americans to ignore the evidence that we see with our eyes and instead believe your garbage, not going to swear, lying narrative about the election. We know it was stolen. You know the cover-up is worse than the crime. Get on the right side of history or be complicit in the crime and the cover-up. You will be held accountable. Send your facts. If you're already a member, you get to do it for free. Go to conservative-daily.com, and you can uh, you can do that. Uh, you can also sign up at the link in the description. We'll send you these by email, so you don't need to go anywhere. Uh, but they will be held accountable. There is too much momentum on our side. There is too much evidence. There are too many people like Jeff, like Brian, like Matt DiPerno, uh, all of these people who have been investigating this on the uh, on the forensic side reporting the behavioral irregularities, the egregious behavior by people like Jocelyn Benson, by 
the Secretary of State here, Jenna Griswold, and officials all over the country. There's too much. We will not allow this to continue. These people will be held accountable. But we are coming up against an election, so it's time to put our understanding and our insights, the information that people like these men share with us and so many others, put it into action. Get activated. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to your friends. We all show up in person. Demand that these machines go. And if they don't, then we'd be ready to watch the steal and we'd be ready to fix it afterwards. This is the most incredible time in history to be alive. And we should all feel blessed for that opportunity to bear witness and to bear part in the reawakening of the American people and in the retaking of our nation. Because at this point, I want you to understand, we're not just saving America, we're taking it back. We have lost America in many ways. So this is not about saving America. The America that we once all thought that we lived under is gone. We need to take it back now. So that requires all of us, and it requires us to do so with courage and urgency and in alignment with our Lord and Savior. So I'll leave you with that. God bless you all. Uh, we'll see you tonight. We've got an awesome show for you tonight. Uh, some important uh, updates on a on a topic that's very near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. And it's very appropriate as we come up on the anniversary of 9-11. So uh, you'll see Tegan, a special guest, which we'll announce very soon uh, this evening at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 Eastern. God bless you all. Pray, and we'll see you tonight. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.